This is the daily podcast from St Paul's Knightsbridge, an invitation to pause for not more than 10 minutes each day to think, to reflect and to pray. I'm Alan Guile, and this week, to celebrate the opening of Pantechnicon in Mokkum Street, a fusion of Nordic and Japanese craftsmanship, to coincide with the signing of the Anglo-Japanese Free Trade Deal, and to mark the first ever Japanese week on the Great British Bake Off, we're turning a little Japanese. Wabi-sabi In the days before it opened to the public, I was lucky enough to be given a guided tour and lunch in the new Pantechnicon by the charming Justin Thomas, its co-founder and director. The Pantechnicon, built in the 1830s as a bazaar and storage facility in Motcombe Street, has been transformed into a luxurious multi-level destination, comprising retail space, a cafe, and several restaurants complete with a stylish roof terrace bar from which a vicar can survey the parish, all focused on the celebration of Nordic and Japanese craftsmanship and creativity. Think simplicity of design, elegance of expression, minimalism fused with acute sensitivity to form. Go and visit, and first feast your eyes on the design, and then your taste buds on exquisite food created and curated by Chris Golding, the executive head chef. As we ascended through the space, I remarked on the exposed rough brickwork and the hints and traces of the building's previous life that the designers had juxtaposed with the brand new elegant staircase lift and fittings. Wabi-sabi, said Justin, a Japanese word, two words in fact, that speak of an aesthetic style that embraces and celebrates imperfection, roughness, asymmetry and irregularity. Last year, when travel was still a possibility and not just a pipe dream, I found myself in Washington DC with some time between meetings. I took myself to the Freer Collection, the Smithsonian's remarkable collection of Asian art and design. There, wandering through the galleries, my eye was taken by a 17th century Japanese tea bowl, which at some stage in its history had been dropped and broken. The stoneware and crackled glaze, so pleasing to the eye when new, had been transformed by being repaired, but not by someone trying to conceal the damage. No, the repairer had taken powdered gold and lacquer and had effectively welded the pieces back together, with the joins between them now rich veins of bright gold. The technique is called in Japanese kintsugi, literally golden joinery. Oddly, there in the gallery, the tea bowl was more beautiful in its repaired state, its brokenness celebrated and on view, than it ever was when new and pristine. The celebration of imperfection, wabi-sabi, aesthetic style, and, I suspect, a philosophy of life. 
There is an ancient Christian theological tradition which springs from the testimony of Scripture that when Jesus appeared to his astonished disciples in the resurrection, his hands and his feet were pierced. They and his pierced side showed the damage of Good Friday's cruelty and crucifixion. Woundedness and brokenness are not done away in the Easter mystery, but are still retained, transformed by it. The glory of the risen Christ embraces human brokenness and holds it out to us in invitation and reassurance. We need that reassurance, those of us who have scars and brokenness in our lives. We can so easily fall prey to a perfectionism and an idealization of life that imagines that brokenness and imperfection is an obstacle to fullness of living. So we pretend that we are other than as we are, we conceal our brokenness from others, from God, and sometimes even from ourselves. Or we fall into a feverish obsession with striving to be perfect and do a devilish deal with ourselves and with God that when we are perfect, then we will be as God needs us to be. Or perhaps worst of all, we fall into hopelessness, licking our wounds, unable to be fully alive, because of what has been, the traces of which still are. Perhaps cleaving anew to this story of the pierced hands in the upper room, and embracing as another thought experiment this Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi, we might lay down our anxieties about our brokenness, our asymmetry, our rough, unhewed forms and our imperfect irregularity, and might just glory that we are loved as we are, that we are viewed by the eyes of love, the eyes of God who has known our woundedness and our brokenness. And in this knowledge, we might even rejoice. Edward Schilleter was a free church minister during the First War, and he wrote a poem entitled Jesus of the Scars. If we have never sought, we seek thee now. Thine eyes burn through the dark, are only stars. We must have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. We must have thee, O Jesus of the Scars. The heavens frighten us, they are too calm. In all the universe we have no place. Our wounds are hurting us, where is the balm? Lord Jesus, by thy scars we claim thy grace. If when the doors are shut thou drawest near, only reveal those hands that side of thine. We know today what wounds are, have no fear. Show us thy scars, we know the countersign. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. 
but to our wounds only God's wounds can speak, and not a God has wounds, but thou alone. <laughs>